Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast, a member of the Charisma Podcast Network and the Edify Podcast Network. This is episode 50. We did it, everybody. We got to episode 50. There is one more episode after this, and that will be it for season one. Take a short break this summer, and I will be back for a power-packed season two. Let me tell you, some huge names lined up for season two. I do want to thank you for your continued support, both financially and by listening. Either one or both go a long way in keeping this show running. I also want to let you know you can follow me on most social medias by just searching for Discerning Dad. And I do want to point you to TikTok. I've mentioned it on the show before, but I am on TikTok under Discerning underscore Dad. I have just hit 25,000 followers, and it is just a great platform to spread the gospel. And for today's episode, I talked to Dr. Sam. I really think you're going to enjoy this. He has way more energy than I do, which is a good thing. And I love, love, love his passion for Jesus. Here we go. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. All right, welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Sam. Dr. Sam is an author and a cardiologist known as the Mender of Hearts. He uses his God-given skills to practice with passion, heal with compassion, and inspire his patients to live healthier and stronger lives. Dr. Sam founded the Beacon of Hearts Ministries, which provides free medical care and proclaims the gospel around the world. Dr. Sam, welcome to the show. How are you? Excellent, Pastor Tim. Wonderful to be with you. Blessed be the name of our Lord Jesus. Yes, amen. I was telling you before we got on, I was watching some of your videos on your website and they're very uh, energetic and your sermon clips got me all motivated and pumped up to be on with you. So I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah. So there was a lot of cool stuff in your bio and I just read a little bit of it. So anything else you'd like to fill in there to get a, help our audience know you a little better? I was uh, born in Jerusalem. Uh, it's a small place that everybody's heard about, and it's in. I was born in an Armenian community. Our, our address was the Via della Rosa, which is kind of crazy to think that. Wow, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Master, our Savior, He actually carried the cross for you, for me, for our wonderful listeners, because He cares, He loves, He gives. He's a giver. He's a giver of life. He's a giver of hope, and that's where I grew up. And then uh, moved to a place called Chattanooga, Tennessee, y'all, and that's where I got my craziness. And now, even more crazy, Southern California boy, where I practice cardiology and uh, get to travel the world, healing the indigent, the sick, the ones who need Jesus, just preaching the gospel, loving people, loving life, rocking this planet for Jesus Christ, period. Amen. I love it. So how long have you been a Christian? Oh, my. I was uh, five years old. Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy because uh, Pastor Tim and uh, our Armenian community, we being the first nation as a whole to accept Christianity as a, as a whole entire nation uh, in 300 AD. Uh, so and then we went through the Armenian massacre of 1915, where the Turks killed 1.5 million Armenians out of three millions because we we're Christians. And many of my many of my Armenian families, friends have turned away from Christ. And I don't want to say turned away, but it's just they know of Christ, but they don't know Christ. And and so most of our Armenian peoples are, are uh, not, they're not Protestant, they're Orthodox. Uh, and it was kind of weird to grow up in Jerusalem and kind of be like the only Armenian family 
that was Protestant. Uh, <laughs> so when I was five years old, my mom was talking uh, in the Sunday school. She was saying, there's a friend. There is a friend you want. There's a friend you need. You got friends that can sabotage you. They can trip you. They can harm you. They can just run away from you. They got your back, but then they don't got your back. But there's one, one, one friend that you want forever for life in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit is Jesus Christ. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. I'm like, sign me up now. I want this. Oh, yeah, that's what it was at five years old. I took him in my heart, never turned back rededicated my life at age 16 uh, and knew at that age of five that I was supposed to be a heart doctor and that I was supposed to preach the gospel worldwide. So blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. The power of a parent's words to inspire their children into uh, both good and bad. And that, that was a good story. And we know the power of parents' words and, and speaking life or death over their children. And so thank God that your mom uh, got you on the right path and that you've stayed on it all these years. So that's amazing. So being a heart doctor, how did that, uh, you just, you just knew when you were five, huh? I knew in five when, because uh, it was written in the, in the tablets of my heart mm. and the Lord said, you're going to be a heart doctor when you grow up. It's kind of strange. You know, kids want to be firemen, policemen, uh, NASCAR drivers, whatever it might be. Uh, my dad was a jeweler and he said, son, you can be anything, anything you want to be. I just don't want you to be a jeweler, but I'm here to support <laughs> you, help you, love you, uplift you. Let's go do what you want to do. So I know I, you know, I didn't have doctors in my family. So it was it was definitely the word of God. We, you know, in the neighborhood, we used to play on the Via del Rosa, y'all, where we played marbles, but we also played doctors and nurses and all that. I'd say, I want to be the doctor because that's what God wants me to be. So I had the stethoscope from a young age. <laughs> that's awesome. They had such passion so early. I love it. So Beacon of Hearts is ministry that you're uh, founded, right? And uh, you do work around the world providing free health care. Uh, tell us a little more about that, how that got started. Yeah, the, well, the good Lord, you know, uh, told me I was going to preach the gospel worldwide. And when we came to Chattanooga, Tennessee, you know, I was mistreated, really. I mean, I, uh, Pastor Tim, they they got me like, OK, this boy, he's a foreigner. They mm. pegged me. They 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 nailed me to the cross. And I, I mean, I was thrown downstairs, punched in the face, ended up in an emergency room bleeding uh, of my nose that wouldn't stop because I was just, I, I wasn't a thug. I wasn't a fighter. I, I wasn't cruel. I just was different. Right. I, I just Kojiglanian versus Smith and Jones and, uh, you know, just a different boy. And so they hated me. Uh, but you know, that turned around pretty quickly, but by God's grace, uh, things changed in my life. I, uh, uh, my pastor took us in, you know, it was amazing. You got the hatred on one side, but the mm. church took us in and said, you are, you may be quote unquote, foreigners, but we love you. We take you in. You're part of the family. You got Jesus. Come on. And my pastor's like, you got a gift. You're going to preach in my church on Wednesday nights. And at times he gave the the youth group some to sing, some to preach, some to take offerings, whatever it might be. But he saw that early on. And I just, you know, that's just uh, God's grace. People say you have it made. I, you know, I didn't get anything made. The life has not been easy for me whatsoever yeah. from rejections to hatred, but there, there are spots, Pastor Tim, that, that people lift you up and you can fly with that. And, and there, there's also the breath of Jesus Christ that, you know, those who wait upon him, those who hope in him, we mm -hmm. will renew our strength. We'll mount up on the wings of eagles. We'll run and not be weary. We'll walk and not be faint. And so yes. I, Isaiah 40, 31, I take it, I, I run with it, and I, I fly with it. So it was the pastor who said, uh, you have the talent. And it was uh, an eighth grade civics teacher, Miss Hickson, 
that the pastor was, uh, Pastor Andrus, the civics teacher was Miss Hickson. She said, I want you to be the president of the whole class. And, uh, you know, it was people like this. Once On one yeah. side, you're laughed at. On the other side, you're picked up. You know, I, you take that as a balance, but you take what Jesus says to you as the truth. Because yes. there ain't no truth but Jesus Christ and mm. the Word of God. It's absolutely infallible. And he calls you and me children of God. He calls you and me beloved. He calls you and me a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people. Baby, with that, let's go. Let's rock the planet. Let's do it. Yeah, what more do you need besides that? That's the ultimate call right there. I love it. So cool. So I do some rapid fire icebreakers to get to know you a little bit. So you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Favorite movie of all time? You know, I don't get to watch many movies, but I tell you, the books and this movie has just captured me. Uh, Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Just love it. Yeah, you got a lion right behind you on the on the wall there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's Aslan. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you can meet anyone, alive or dead, who would it be? I'd go straight up to Isaiah. Isaiah, mm. the prophet. I love that boy. He's like the fifth gospel, right? Uh, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you got Isaiah. Uh, why? Yeah. Because. He got to meet the Lord before he died, uh, and he says, send me. And in America and the world, I'm seeing myself. Other people say, give me, give me, give me, give me. I don't want to say that no more. I want to say, send me, send me, send me. Yeah. And he's inspired me. That's what I want to talk to him about. I love that. Here I am, Lord, send me. Yes, and I sir. think, uh, I think uh, you can probably speak to this living in Israel, but they don't allow the book of Isaiah to be read there, do they? And the non-Christians, the, the yeah, Jews? Especially, especially Isaiah 53. Yeah. Uh, Missing from those pages where you have the, the Lamb of God being mm. sacrificed, and it was prophesied by Isaiah 600 years before it even occurred. Yeah, wow. What about a favorite author of yours or a book you would recommend? Uh, favorite author it would have to be um, a poet, actually. I love Robert Frost. Mm. You know, he's like the woods are dark and deep, and I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go. Love him. Just love the way the man writes. And it inspires me that this ain't it. God's got business. God's got something for you and me to do. This is not the time to sit on our butts and on the couches and watch Netflix. This is the time to go and tell people we got jewels. We got gold. We got we got the answer to life is Jesus Christ. It's time. Let's go. Let's do yeah. this. Let's go. And poetry is kind of like rap. And I heard you're a rapper. Is that true? That's true. It's Dr. true. Rap? You know? Yeah. I, what's that? <laughs> Dr. Rap it is. Yeah. It's true <laughs> that's awesome i saw those uh i caught some videos on there of that and uh it must have been a while ago because there was like a an older uh, it did, you know it was a, a younger version of you I was like is that wait is he dr rap too he's 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 a he goes by many names he's very talented yeah it's, <laughs> it's in uh first corinthians 9 22 where paul says i have become all things to all people so that i may win some to christ yeah you know if it's got to be book writing let's do it if it's got to be the doctor let's do it if it's got to be preaching the gospel let's do it if, if you got to break it down and say mm-hmm. what's up y'all let's yeah. do it let's just yeah. do it let's uh, let's win people to christ love that so much this podcast is part of the edify podcast network Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. 
Very cool. So uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions about the time in your life. You had godly discernment. You knew it was God's leading in one way or another, and you had a decision to make and you just kind of knew it was God. Either you had a peace or there was some other sign. You know, I define discernment as having, you know, uh, the knowledge of the Bible, the Holy Spirit within us, and then godly relationships that can push us towards making good decisions that honor God. And so if you just want to walk us through a story in your life when you had godly discernment, and then we'll talk about one that you maybe didn't, and then kind of what you learned from it. Yeah, Pastor Tim, I'll take you back to one of the times in my life that was, I, I believe, the hardest times in my life. Uh, there have been other hard times, but this is, uh, you know, this uh, this is uh, stands out for me. I was trying to, I was applying to medical schools all over America. You guys know that I wanted to be a heart doctor when I was five years old. So that was my dream. That was my goal. That's what I pursued. And I applied to medical school after being in uh, Southern California, uh, University of Southern California for three years uh, as an undergrad in uh, majoring in my biology and, and psychology. And, and so I'm applying to nine schools and one by one by one by one, number eight, number nine, I get rejection after rejection. A counselor says, son, you just don't have what it takes to be a medical doctor. I'm, I'm seeing this. I, I, it's just like, wait a minute. This is my dream. Yeah. You guys don't get this. This is where I'm supposed to be. You don't understand what's written in the tablet of my heart. But then you're looking at the uh, at the letters and they're all rejecting you. And so I, I tried to apply to a master's program at the, at the University of Southern California Medical School. And they only picked three people. I'm number four to be picked. I can't get in. Oh, no. And then I, I try to apply again to medical school. If you can't get into nine, try 18. So I try 18 across the, the nation and I'm getting rejection after rejection. Finally, at 17, I get an interview. I go and they ask me, what if you don't be a doctor? I'm going to tell y'all what not to say in the interview. <laughs> I said, I said, well, if I don't, maybe I'll be a psychologist. Wrong answer. I should have said, I'll break doors down. I'll break mm. iron doors, iron gates, whatever it takes. I'll find out what I'm doing wrong and I'll be back. And that's the tenacity they want to hear. Yeah. I didn't have a point when I was broken. So uh, 18, 17, 18, reject, reject. I got on my knees. I, I mean, I was like, that's it. My life is over. Everybody's like, did you get in? Did you get in? No, I didn't get in. What are you going to say? Everybody's like, oh my, you're a loser. What happened to you 27 times? What kind of person are you? How, what? You didn't get good grades, but what happened to you? So I got on my knees and I said, dear Lord God, my Jesus Christ. And he says, stop. I'm like, what? I'm in the middle of my tears and I'm in, I'm pouring my soul to you. And you're saying, stop. What do you mean? Stop. <laughs> and he's like, do not call me Lord. I'm your savior, but I'm not your Lord. Mm. You know, technically speaking, our Jesus is our savior, our master, our Lord, our banner, our, our, our life without him, we can't exist. But, but I had not made him my Lord. Mm. I had gone to church. I was preaching. I was doing work. I was serving. Uh, I was a little missionary, but yet he's not my Lord. Medicine is my Lord. I worship at the altar of medicine. And if our listeners tell the truth, there are many things that are Lord's in our lives and it's not the Lord God, Jesus Christ. And mm. so I said, Lord, I, I, I was breaking down. I said, everybody's rejecting me. Now you're rejecting me. He's like, I'm not rejecting you. I'm loving you. I have my open arms. I have never left you, nor will I leave you. And so that day I made the hardest decision. I had to discern. I had to make decisions right there, knowing him, knowing how much he loved me, knowing he gave his, his life. My God gave his only begotten son for me. The Holy Spirit was in me and is in me. Well, I had to make a decision. That's a discernment that you have to do. I yeah. said, going to do the hardest thing in my whole entire life. 
I'm going to give up medicine to mm-hmm. you. You take this away from me. Tell the Lord the truth. He he knows all, uh, yeah. you know, from he just knows all. So yeah. tell God the truth. He knows, he knows, he knows. And so I said, you take you take this away from me, the Lord God. I, I Part of my heart will crumble and and die. I'm just letting you know the truth. It was it was insane because at that time I had become a special status student at USC medical school. Meaning what? Meaning I go ask a professor, beg him, say, look, can I take a course or two with the medical students? I don't get credit for it. I, you know, there's, it's just that I get to hang out there and listen to the lectures. And, and so it was that, it was that uh, during those times where I had actually reapplied to the master's program, I had gotten into the master's program at USC medical school. And then the professor called me one week later after that prayer that I had with God. And, and he said, to, and he said to me, I said, I said, Oh my, here it is. They're going to expel me. I gave it up. The Lord's really going to kick me out. And so that day he said, we've been watching you. We love the way your attitude is with the, with the students. And we want to ask you if you'd like to teach our medical students at USC medical school. And that I'm thinking, look, I can't even get into medical school and y'all want me to teach in medical school. That's my God. That's God. Yeah. It's just like, you know, a, a football player that can't even play. Uh, he can't get on the team, but the NFL calls him and says, "Y'all want you want to be our coach?" You know, it's <laughs> just like that, and it, yeah. it was unbelievable. And so God is so good; He's so gracious. He saw my heart. He knew I had given it up, and He gave it back to me. And I, you, I had to make a critical decision in my life at that point because otherwise, I was my own God and I was my mm. own Lord. Despite the Bible, despite praying, yeah. I had fooled myself. I don't want to fool myself no more. Discernment. Yeah doesn't fool you. Discernment tells you the truth. And that's yeah. one of the gifts of the spirit anyway. You know, we got knowledge, we got wisdom, we got uh, healing, faith, miracles, discernment and prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation. Discernment doesn't fool you. And so I, uh, from then forth, I, I asked God what he wants me to do. Pastor Tim, you know, in, in first, I think it's in first uh, Samuel chapter 21, where uh, David doesn't ask the Lord what to do. He's running away from Saul. So where does he go? He goes to the land of the Philistines, his enemy. He mm. goes to the Achish of Gath. And, and then he gets scared. He's like, I'm in the wrong place. He discerned he was in the wrong place, but he didn't discern whether he should have gone there or not. And then he acted like, ah, like a madman <laughs> and fought his doors and he got kicked out. Yeah. But this tells you where to go. Yeah. This sermon tells you and me how to do what we need to do. David got in trouble for not discerning and not inquiring. And you discern and I discern, our listeners discern when we inquire. Oh, that's so good. And that's a lot of times in our life is like you, you know, God has us in a certain direction. He gives us a vision for our life, but a lot of times we have to walk through the hard steps to get there. It's not just a, you know, next day you get it. And in your case, you had to submit, you had to surrender. You had to make God the Lord of your life before he would give you something that he knew would destroy you. And a lot of times we ask for the job or the wife or the, you know, the, the new, whatever the, you know, in our, in our own selfish ambition and God knows better. A lot of times when he says, no, it's not that I, because I am a killjoy, it's because I know what's best for you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And so a lot of times we have to walk through the pain to get to the pleasure and take God with us the whole way. Because if God's not Lord of your life, it doesn't matter what you do in this life. It's it's all for, for nothing because we're all going to die. We're, you know, and the only things we do for God are the things that are going to last for eternity. And so I love that story. So good. 
So what about a time in your life when you did not have the greatest discernment? It was a learning lesson for you and you kind of, uh, you know, had a good story from there. Yeah, uh, that, again, Pastor Tim, that's when I didn't ask of the Lord. And it's, it has to do with friendship, you know, in First uh, Corinthians 1533, I believe, 1533, it says bad company corrupts good character. Mm. So uh, these folks wanted to help me in my ministry. And I didn't ask God, Lord God, is this good? Are, are these the right people for the ministry, you know, helping me, uh, whether it's selling books or whatever it might be. And it ended up after, you know, the six months of helping and being together, that, that the jealousy started, you know, mm. it's like, I want to be like you or speak like you or talk like you, whatever. It's yeah. so amazing. We don't need to be like each other, Pastor Tim. We need to be mm. like Christ. Amen. You can't, I can't come here and try to be, oh gosh, Pastor Tim has this anointing and I want it. I can't do that. You mm. get the anointing, not from a person, but from God. And when, you know, a wrath is something to, uh, it's something that hard to, to, to deal with. And anger is something hard to deal with. But jealousy, mm. the Bible tells us who can, and I, Proverbs 27, 4, who can stand before jealousy? And when I saw the jealousy and I'm like, I, I did it. I, I did this myself. I did not inquire of the Lord. I didn't have a good discernment. I didn't ask. They appeared Christian. They appeared lovely. But at the end, they were biting me like scorpions. And I didn't need scorpions in my life. And I had to let go. But I, I take the blame. I've got broad shoulders. It's on me. I, I made the mistake. And it's, again, inquiring of the Lord. And I'm trying to do this on a daily basis. And I, I want to encourage our uh, those who are listening to us. Ask him. Love him, honor him, bow before him and say, Lord, I'm making this decision, whether it's little or small. I'm nothing because yeah. I exist because of you and for you. I can't do this, Papa. Help me. And the Father, our God, our Papa, the lover of our souls, he's right with us and he'll help us. That's so good. It's, you know, and, and, and so many people want the, the platform without the process to get there. And, and uh, you know, first of all, don't desire a platform if God's not giving it to you, because James 3, 1 says we'll be judged more harshly if we teach. And so why would you want that condemnation upon yourself if you're not in a place to, to do it? And so a lot of people go through a process to get to where they're at. And so, but people don't see, you know, the trials and the tribulations and the struggles and the despair. They just see the end result, but God worked through their whole life to get there. But now you just want, you know, the candy without the, you know, the trip to the grocery store, you know, that's a good reminder, you know, and social media is so guilty of this in people's uh, psyche is, you know, I just want, I want a million followers on TikTok. Okay. Well, come on. You know, no one should have a million followers in general. I mean, God bless the people that have them on TikTok. I've talked to a few of them, but it's such a big responsibility. And it's something that you really have to be careful about your words. And so many, you know, 16 year olds can have millions of followers now. And, you know, oh. in, in a, mentally and in a mature level, you're not at the position to, to spread a message that much. I mean, I'm, I'm old school. Let's go. You know, I'm not saying there's something you have to get off social media, but you just have to be careful. You have to have discernment with your social media, with whatever platform God gives you. And if God has you teach a small group at church with 10 people, God bless you. Like that is just as important as preaching to a million people, because you might get 10 disciples out of that. We're preaching to a million people. You might just get a bunch of people that, that turn you off. Amen. Yeah. I also love how you talk about, you know, you say that we can't discern the Lord's voice because we're listening to the world's voice. And that's kind of what, you know, with social media and all these extra voices in our life. Um, so talk about why it's important to understand the truth of the Bible to help us guard against counterfeits. Well, you know, in Ezekiel chapter 34, it gives you two shepherds, one, the dirty, nasty, stinking, filthy shepherd, which actually is the Antichrist and Satan. And he's there. He sees the poor 
he kicks them. He sees the sick, doesn't heal them. He sees the hungry, doesn't feed them. In fact, he feeds off of them. And so that's the, the leader of the world. And on the other side, you got precious, beautiful Jesus Christ who gives his life for you and me. He gives it not only he gives us life, but he gives it to us more abundantly. He tells us actually the thief, Satan, the bad shepherd, he's coming here, John 10, 10, to steal, kill and destroy. Ah, no, I've come to give you life. I've come to give you a joy. I've come to, I've come to give you just an immense amount of hope that you are missing in your life. And, and so when we listen to the world, when we're tuned into the world, and what do I mean by that? I mean, a lot of my Christian friends are hooked on listening to the news. And, and since November the 4th of 2020, zero, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I checked out. You don't have my soul. You don't got my mind. You don't touch me. Your angst, your anger, your all this uh, tribulation you're going through. Yeah. No, nah, you ain't going to touch me with this. So I've stopped that. And, and that, that's the world. It's feeding me with what, what, what's going to happen tomorrow. What, what, what's go, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm in God's hands. Amen. That's what's tomorrow. So yeah. that's all that matters to me. So the world from Hulu to Netflix, to movies. And I, you know, I'm not trying to take away entertainment from nobody. Yeah. I am not a legalistic boy. I go to my Bible and that's where I park. And I don't do that legalistically. I do that lovingly because love is feeding me. Love Amen. is strengthening me. Love is helping me. And that's why I, I'm going to the Bible more and more. I don't, I'm not perfect. I fall short every second, but God is with me. So the world is feeding me junk. The world is feeding me fear. The world is feeding me angst. The world is feeding me uh, hopelessness. The world is feeding me death. I don't want it no more. So I'm going to the Bible. I'm going to my God. I'm going to the Holy Spirit. And I'm saying, feed me your life. And I'm so much more happy, y'all. <laughs> I love that. And that is such a good reminder on, 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 on the news, on the dread, on the, the propaganda that gets pushed on us as Christians. And we forget what the Bible says about us, what the Bible says about the future, the future is in God's hands, no matter what happens tomorrow, the next month or the next year. And, you know, too often people, uh, and I'll speak for myself too, you know, uh, I was in a, we've all been in points where we just don't get much out of the Bible. Like, you know, we read it, it's dry. Well, here's the thing. And one thing I've learned is the Bible is living and active always. And so if the Bible is boring to you, you're boring. You know, you need to get alive in Christ. You know, the Bible doesn't die just because you didn't get something out of it. And we'll have, I'll have days you'll read it and be like, okay, that was good. And you move on. But like you said, park there, make it not just a five minute thing, or, you know, just, I'm going to read a chapter a day, nothing wrong with that, but the Bible has to be in you and not just, you know, anyone can read it as a book. The difference is when you, the Bible verses become alive and they become living and active inside of you and the Holy Spirit will quicken those verses to me. So when you read or see something on the news that is causing you to despair, you will remind yourself of the word of God and the goodness of God that will get you through that cycle of d despair and depression, which is, is prevalent today. There's so much depression and for good reason. Like I was just praying today, you know, with a pastor friend of mine, and we were praying for, you know, the loss to come to our church and, and it dawned on me what it must be like. And I don't have the mindset of not having Jesus, but to not have Jesus and your hope is anything in this world or what it might provide to you. I can just imagine that is such a, a, a horrible way to be. And no wonder depression is skyrocketing. If you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. And so that's why it's so important, like you're saying, to go out and show the lost this hope that lies within us and have an answer for it because so many people need it. 
Amen. And then there's so much, you touched on this, Pastor Tim, there's so much hope in there. Like in Proverbs 4, 20, 21, 22, it says, my son, my daughter, listen to my words, lend your ear to it, to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to their whole bodies. You know, you got doctors, you got cardiologists like me, but you want health. You want, I mean, you want complete health from yeah. head to toe is in the word of God. That Amen. is just there's so much benefits in following Jesus Christ. Yes, there's hardships. Yes, there's tears. Yes, there's loss. Yes, there's pain. It ain't all pretty. But baby, when you got Jesus Christ, he walks with you, talks with you, communes with you, picks you up. Ain't nobody else going to do that for you. Man, drop the mic, but pick it back up because we're on the next question. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you received the most compassionate doctor award for many years in a row, which I find is amazing. I want to make it a little relevant to our audience. As far as compassion goes, what is a secret, something with compassion that you would share to Christians listening who are not doctors, but we all know we need a little compassion in our life to show to others because people need it. And there's, there's, and I did a video on this recently too, that, you know, as Christians, we get so caught up in condemning other Christians for what they believe and why they believe it. We end up pushing a lot of them away from the church, I'm afraid. And so what can we do as far as love and compassion to just give a little inch for our brother, sister in Christ, or the atheist on the street that curses us down on, you know, in the comments or in our face? Well, I'll go back, I guess I'll go back to Moses, one of the meekest men in the whole wide world. And it's so funny that he's, he it says the Bible says in Numbers 12, I think it is, that he was the meekest man on earth. Yet he wrote that. That I find that funny, mm, right? Yeah. Because he's I am the meekest man, y'all. There's like (laughs) 3 million people or whatever there was during that time. But he says he's the meekest man. And the Holy Spirit allowed him to write that. You know, Aaron and and Miriam, brother and sister of his, uh, are are bagging on him, right? Because he's married a Ethiopian lady. uh, And and they're just like, wait a minute. God's not only given you authority. He's given us authority. And Moses could have said, "Uh, looky here, y'all. I parted the Red Sea. You did not. I talked to the burning bush and you did not. And I led the 1.5 million peoples out through Egypt and you did not. But I mean, he just had mercy. He just asked the Lord to have mercy on him. So I think when Jesus, when he saw the crowd, this gets me all the time, Pastor Tim. When he saw the crowd, Mm. he had compassion on them. And I like the word, not only compassion, but them on them. Because Jesus ain't thinking about himself. And we're thinking about ourselves. And we're thinking about me, 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 and you don't fit my profile and you don't fit my kingdom, but you, it ain't about you. And it ain't about me. And it's not about your kingdom. And it's not about my kingdom. It's about Jesus kingdom. He had compassion on them. So when we see the crowd and we see their heart, no matter if they're bagged us like Miriam and Aaron did, but when we look at it through their hurt and through their point of view, not for my self-centeredness, We see a different world. We see a different people. We see their hurt and their pain and their need for Christ. And it changes us from ourselves. It snaps us out of ourselves and puts us into their shoes. And I don't mean you sit there with empathy and cry and pull out your hair. That's not what I'm talking about. It just, you just feel, you just feel the compassion, the kindness, the goodness towards them. And it helps you and me. It helps you and me hold out our hands and love them when other people may not love them. That's good. And going back to in the church, you know, uh, I was thinking about this recently too, about how brand new Christian coming to Christ. And a lot of times they receive the condemnation for, oh, well, you're joyful now, but just wait a few years and that'll go away. 
or, you know, you believe that doctrine, that's heresy. That's not what you should believe. And here I can imagine a, a baby Christian who's just, all they know is they love Jesus, right? They don't have all their doctrine figured out. They don't have all their theology figured out yet, but they're just excited about Jesus. And here come the Christians, right? Bam, bam, bam knock them down. And then they're like, what did I sign up for? This is not what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted Jesus. I wanted his love. And all these people don't look like Jesus are pointing me away from him. And so I think that's a, a cautionary tale for people that are in the church to look at people. And, 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 and I'm not saying to, if you have a seat at the table in someone's life, speak truth and love. That means take them by the hand, say, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I love your passion, but I, I want to see you grow in this avenue. Can I disciple you? Can we meet for coffee? Can we do these things? But no, a lot of times it's just, and I, you know, I face this online because I'm, I'm online all the time. And so I face this in the comments, but I'm a mature Christian. I can handle it. I can delete. I can block people. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't steal my joy because, you know, I know who I am in Christ, but we have to remember not everyone has been a Christian for their whole life. Like I have, and it doesn't mean that there's no comments that get me down. Cause sometimes I do. And I have to say, okay, God, it's yours. But the, my point is that, you know, we have to be careful uh, to not steal the joy of people who are just passionate about Jesus. Amen. I, and I think, you know, if you, we talk about parking ourselves in the Bible, if people park themselves in, in the, um, I think it's in first Corinthians, uh, no, second Corinthians five 21, uh, it's that he who had no sin became sin so that you and I can become the righteousness of God in Christ. Mm. If we can just think that it's not self-righteousness because people who are condemning in the yeah. church are self-righteous, right. but it's not my righteousness. It's God's righteousness. And he gave me righteousness. And by the way, our spirit, you know, we're spirit, soul and body. Mm-hmm. And our spirit, once we come to Christ, our spirit is sealed. It's solid. Ain't nobody mess it up. Not even you and I can mess it up. So yes. it's sealed, but we seal it. It's Holy Spirit has sealed it. So no corruption can come to it. Corruption can come to the mind. Corruption can come to the body, but not the spirit. We have to allow that joy that's in that spirit to spill, burst out and come into our minds and come into our souls. And most people don't know that, that, that when you are a Christian, a Christ follower, that joy is complete. That joy is bursting from within you. You are dancing, rejoicing, always hopeful. You are completely healed in the spirit. We just have to know that's there and you have to allow that. It's in Romans 12, one through two. I urge you, brethren and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you transform your mind? You go to the Bible and let the Bible teach you how beautiful you are in Christ, how much he loves you, how much he doesn't. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And that spirit, the mind of the spirit will burst and go to the mind of your brain. And that mind will go to the body. You'll be a different Christian. But we got a bunch of Christians who are so carnally minded and their mind says, you know, I'm, I don't like this and I don't like, but they're not listening to the spirit. If they only knew if Christ followers only knew how beautiful you are in the spirit and that's how God sees you and how special you are, you change in a heartbeat. Yeah. And that's so good because, you know, work on what you're saying, work on yourself, let the Holy spirit change you from within, right? You are not the Holy spirit in someone else's life, right? The Holy spirit does not need your help. And so that's why Jesus didn't say, you know, love God and go correct your neighbor until they have the right theology. God said, love God and love your neighbor. That means you love them through the thick and thin. And if the, if the church is supposed to be a hospital for sinners, what happens when the sinners start walking through the doors? Are they going to get judged by the church gossip and the the pastor that doesn't want to get his uh, suit all, all dirty? I mean, what's going to happen when the sinners come into the church? And, uh, you know, I just pray that churches have an open heart for that because, and, and not just the church 
churches in, at large, but Christians. And we Amen. should have the same thing when we see things on, on, on social media or online and we say, oh man, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. That may be true, but God is greater than anything in this world and he has a plan and there are still people that need to hear from him, just like Jude says, to snatch them out of the fire. And that is our job to go and preach the gospel to the world is our great commission. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. We're almost at the end here, but I do want to ask you, because I've not had a doctor on before, what are some practical ways, just tips that you share with people on getting physically, maybe physically and spiritually fit together, just some cool things that maybe we can take, you know, as we're, as we're working on our uh, physical temple here. Well, I love the WWW of health and, and you're like, what in the world is that? Well, one is walk. Uh, I think we're in America, especially our all or none. We're like, I ain't got 30 minutes or 60 minutes. I got to go drive to the gym and I got to come back. And I, I don't have time. I'm, you're driving me crazy. I can't. All I ask for my patients really is 10 minutes. Give me a 10 minutes of hardcore walking every day. You can't do that. Give me two minutes. Give me three minutes. Build up to 10 minutes. Uh, and to the point where you're on the cell phone, you're like, I can't talk right now because I'm walking really hard to that extent. And, yeah. and that itself decreases the, uh, the chances of you having a heart attack by 50%. Wow. And people don't know that. People see knowledge. People say, you know, ignorance is bliss. No, ignorance is death. Okay. Mm. When you get knowledge, especially from the word of God, you yeah. become alive. And this is knowledge for you to get up off the behind and walk, walk, walk. And that in itself will he it's free, y'all. It's free. You don't got a gym membership. It's just laziness we got to put aside. So that's number one. And then the number two is water. Uh drink water. Your you know, brain is like 90% water by weight. The body's almost 70%. Uh, uh, by water, by weight. And we are so dehydrated, uh, Pastor Tim, that we are uh, depressed or we are sluggish or we are tired or we are fatigued. Water, drink water all day long, especially towards in the morning. And you'll find yourself rejuvenated. It's better than energy drinks, which is harmful to the heart. And the third W I have for y'all is the word. You want goodness and mercy. You want, you know, the uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who, who, uh, you know, he cleanses all our iniquities, who heals all all our diseases, who saves us from devastation, who crowns our head with loving kindness and tender mercies, who feeds us with good things so Mm. that our may be renewed like the eagles, according to Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Come on. Who gives you that? No antibiotics, no cardiologist with a stent, nobody who can open up your arteries. Nobody can give you that. (laughs) The word of God, there's so much benefits to the word of God. And when we neglect it, we're just neglecting our health. But so I encourage, I encourage, I encourage. It's little things, just little bitty things. Walk, water, word, bam. Man, it's, it's, it's simple, like you said, but it is powerful when you do it repeatedly, just like, you know, we know why well, I should read my Bible. I should pray. I should do, I should go to church, but it's not about doing it once. It's about doing repeatedly getting a lifestyle of it. And same thing with like exercise and health. It's not just, well, I'm going to do this for 30 days as a new year's resolution and give up on day five. It's like, no, you need to make it a, a, a lifestyle. You need to get rid of the junk because you, everyone lives that way when you're younger. It's like, well, I'm going to be around forever. And then you start regretting it when you're for me, it was like 32. Once I hit 32, it's like, man, it's it's not 20s anymore. And now it's like, okay, I'm in my 40s now. I need to take this seriously. But um, you know, it's 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 one of those things too. With with for me, once you start having children, it's like, okay, I need to be here for my kids long term. I need to think about you know just my just my personal well being. Nobody likes to huff and puff. And so um, just simple stuff like that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
anybody has problems with it, they can just go to Proverbs 6, 6 and look at the little ants. They walk like crazy uh, and, and they, they're harvesting. They're putting things together. They're working. Uh, be like the ant. Go, 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 go. Uh, and, and then you'll have time to rest. Don't you worry. But it's, it's so neat to, to love God, to love his word. And, and, and it's not like I got to do it. It's like I want to do it. I, I enjoy doing it. It gives me so much joy. I burst. I, I burst out of my skin so that I may actually go help people. And that's, a, by the way, that's a great way of getting rid of depression. A lot of uh, Christians, Christ followers have depression. And I think that's centered from I, me, myself, uh, they hurt me. And you know what? When you think of others, you forget about your crazy Mm. self. I forget about my crazy self. And there goes depression. It becomes into joy. That's so true. That is so true. All right. Last question for you real quick. Tell us about the Rev It Up book series. I'm excited to hear just, you know, a little bit about them and then uh, uh, your heart behind writing them. Amen. So uh, the good Lord put it in my heart that, you know, the rapture is the next thing on a prophetic calendar. Tell the people about me. Tell them that I'm coming soon. Tell them if they're not in the book of life, they're not going to see me face to face that this is not like heaven or nothing else. It's heaven and hell. It's a dichotomous world. We live in a hot and cold. We live in a good and bad. We live in a black and white. It's, you know, it's a dichotomous world and the eternity is dichotomous. It's heaven and hell. And, and you don't get to heaven because you're pretty or you got the right tie on, or you got the right makeup, or you got the right degree. It, that, that don't matter. What matters is the blood of Jesus Christ who died on Calvary's cross for you and me. And he's come. That was the first coming. And he's coming back again. The rapture is going to happen soon. He's going to take his church home. And it don't mean if you go to church and sit on the pew, you're going. No, it's if you got the blood of Jesus and know him as your savior. And that's who's going up to him. Seven years of tribulation, hell on earth, 666. Don't ever take it. If you're stuck here on the tribulation, don't take it because that makes you irredeemable. And then and then Jesus comes back with a, uh, uh, for army getting with us, with the saints. And then he rules for, for a thousand years. And after that, we have the great white throne. People who are not written in the book of life will be sent to hell. And that's why I wrote it. I don't want people to go to hell. I want people to see Jesus Christ and, and his goodness and know that he loves them no matter what they are who they are, what they've done, what they've said. He loves them. He loves them. He loves them. He loves you like crazy. And so the book of Revelation, God said, you better write this because it took me five years to put this book together. He said, you better write this child before the rapture occurs. So I finally got it on. It's a Rev It Up series. Rev stands for Revelation. First, the book is uh, so big that I had to put it in two volumes, uh, verse by verse. Every single verse is talked about. And this is so unique because it's got the medical angle to it. It's got the geopolitical. It's not just Revelation written 2000 years ago. Uh, Pastor Tim, but it's got what is occurring today to Russia, to China. So it ties it all in. And then for those who don't like to read much, but love poetry, uh, I got Rev It Up rhyme by rhyme. It's only about 90 pages long, the whole book in in rhyme. And then for those people who don't like to read, it's Rev It Up image by image. It's all the pictures. They can get it off my website, beaconofhearts.org, B-E-A-C-O-N-O-F. H-E-A-R-T-S dot org or Amazon. Uh, so, um, but if they want it signed, sealed and delivered, go to my website, beaconofhearts.org and you will love it. It's a great gift to give to yourself and to your loved ones and those who don't know Christ. Love that. Something for everybody. Go check it out, beaconofhearts.org. Thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Sam. It was a pleasure talking to you. God bless you and everything you're doing. Pastor Tim, thank you so much. It's, this was fellowship. It's like we know each other for like years and years. And you know what? That's what Christ does. I mean, we're like brothers in Christ as if we knew each other for 20, 30 years. It's unreal. Amen. God bless you.
that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for being here. I would love your written reviews on Apple iTunes if you are enjoying the show. And also make sure you check out patreon.com slash discerning dad. That is the best way to support what I am doing here. And I would love if you at least check it out and see the different levels of tiers and rewards you can get for being a Patreon member. And for next week, the last episode of season one of this podcast, I'm going to be talking to Eric Johnson. He runs the Mormon Research Ministry. They challenge the claims of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they've been doing that since 1971. And he's going to bring a lot of wisdom about what Mormons believe and how we can witness to them as Christians. So until then, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time. Keep fighting the good fight.